0: Think you need to compromise who you are to advance your career as a black or brown woman? Think again. Because there's a playbook for corporate America and those aren't the rules, but you won't find it in college or on the job. I know because I learned the hard way and now I'm here to show you how the game is played. Hi, I'm Linda Talaferro, the vice president of quality at a global technology company and founder of The Tea, The Extra Effort where I help black and brown women like you change the trajectory of their career with one-on-one coaching, workshops, and this podcast, Being Brown at Work. If you want to know how black and brown women are navigating everything from microaggressions to being the only person of color in the room so they can blaze their trail through corporate America, listen now. Hey, greetings, everyone. Greetings, everyone. Yes. Okay. Let me get it out of the way. Favorite time of the week. As you guys know, I say that every opening because it's true. This is my favorite time of the week. Being Brown at Work live. And I know those of you who've been hanging with me for a while, you recognize this face of this beautiful young woman because she was very popular last year when she did her first live. And so I had to have her back. But for those of you who are new, Let me introduce you to Claudia Miller. Claudia helps career-driven women get to the next level in their career. She helps clients get to up to 100,000 in salary increases. Yes, I said 100,000. As well as flurries of emails from headhunters at big name companies like Google, Facebook, and NVIDIA. Her workplace expertise has been featured in Forbes, MSNBC, and Thrive Global. And in 2021, Business Insider put her in their global list of top 23 most innovative career coaches. And if you remember last year's session, wealth of nuggets of knowledge, and she's about to drop it again this month. Claudia, welcome back.
1: Thanks for having me, Linda. I'm so excited to be here, and especially on you know Women's History Month, talking about how we can help more women get more jobs, and make more money, of
0: course. Yes, yes, Women's History Month. Cannot forget that. So this is perfectly timed exactly as you shared for those exact reasons. So we're gonna be together twice this month, but we're gonna start with this uh, session today, sharing with you guys how to successfully navigate the salary increase. You saw this when I publicized it, that's the title. And we wanna focus on the how-to in this session But what we're going to open up with, Claudia, you and I were chatting just before we went live. Let's talk about what's going on in the marketplace. I mean, it's kind of crazy this year, right? I mean, a lot of nuances, maybe some of them introduced last year. So share your thoughts about the shift in the marketplace with respect to be it job search or be it um, you're in a role and you might be a bit uncomfortable. Why don't you share your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, definitely. The market has shifted from the great resignation where employees kind of, you know, we had the control and we can ask for a lot of money. And there was even companies handing out um, retention bonuses, meaning you Mm -hmm. stayed at the company for 12 months, they will give you a bonus just for staying, just because there was a lot of um, employees leaving the companies. Yeah. Now, things have changed a little bit where more of the employers right now have more of that control and leverage. Yeah. When we know that a lot of companies have been doing layoffs, especially in the tech industry, they've been doing a lot of layoffs in there. And within a recession looming around the corner, which I feel like we're in a recession, but, you know, um, some analysts say it's around the corner. We're not there yet. There's been a lot of companies now that have been, you know, laying off, restructuring or just letting go of people. And now they have a lot of applicants for some of these job positions and know that the market is very saturated so they can hand pick a lot of who their employees are. So therefore the salaries may not have been as great as it might've been in the, during the great resignation. There also can be a li- little bit lengthier process because now they can afford to have lengthier process because they know they have a lot of candidates that are seeking for jobs. So definitely there's been a shift in this dynamic in the marketplace and I always say whenever you need to job search or you know you're ready for the next step, just do it. There's always going to be something happening yes. because I mean, I have some of my clients telling me, I wish I would have started job searching during the great resignation or right before it. So I could have taken advantage of the great resignation, increased my income, had more leverage. And yes. my, my thing is too, what is going to happen next is people are probably going to pull back the brakes on applying to jobs. And what I've already seen happening, and I've heard this from recruiters and hiring managers, and what they told me is, we currently have a hiring freeze, but we have candidates reaching out to us. So we're building that relationship. So oh. when the rec opens, we already have someone in mind, and we're just going to have them almost fill in that position. Wow. Because you, they also don't want to deal with a lot of the applicants, and they already have someone that's been investing in their in the yeah. department company. So some of these roles are already accounted for. So when it does open up, it might already be too late, or you're just going to get all the leftover jobs opportunities out there versus you being active now and almost securing even multiple, some of these job postings. So when it, the rec does open, you get to choose versus oh let me my just choose what's left over.
0: Claudia, that's huge. That's huge right there, what you said, because The the notion would be, especially when you don't hear, right, you've you've applied, you've applied, you've even maybe even spoken to someone, and then it just goes radio silent. You know, weeks go by, months go by, right? Or I didn't really get a no, but I didn't really get a yes. Well, that's because they're building this pipeline. And so they had an opportunity, maybe to your point, all the recs aren't approved, or they did a hiring freeze, but they don't want to lose those strong candidates. So I, I believe what I'm hearing you saying is networking is key and, and staying in
1: touch could be everything, right? It will make the difference whether you get hired in the next 90 days versus you get hired in the next year or two. Networking, wow. I, I would say definitely do not. Right now, a lot of job seekers are using outdated job searching techniques, which mm-hmm. is, you know, maybe updating their resume based on what they find on Google and, they update their resume. Maybe they update their LinkedIn profile and they're just going out there applying to jobs. If they don't hear back, they apply to more jobs. And if you don't hear back, well, then you buckle down and you apply to even more jobs and you just kind of repeat the process. Whereas my clients and what we've seen the shift, and we had to shift a lot of the strategies that I've been using with my clients. Sure. We're leaning more towards networking. Um, we're still applying to jobs, networking, but we're also optimizing in creating a standout LinkedIn profile. So that way LinkedIn is starting to generate interview opportunities for them. So you need to start wow. making LinkedIn work for you. And this three-pronged approach really multiplies some of the job opportunities out there. Because you're not just solely relying on applying to jobs. Yes. This process really helps increase the amount of interviews you're getting. Almost securing or putting on hold some of these job postings where the wreck is still not open. There's a hiring freeze. But you've already developed relationships So when the time does come, those opportunities will be available to you. So networking, which I would say is probably one of the biggest things to do right now, especially in a saturated marketplace, because most people tend to hire people they know, they like, that they've been mentoring, and they've also been invested that at that time it's like, hey, I finally have that rack open. Why don't we get this process started? You've already met some of the team members. You've already been prepping, maybe because they've already given you advice on that. And it just speeds up the process. Oh, my gosh. That's everything. And, and, and because this is a unique
0: time, like you said, it, the market is heavily saturated. I'm going to tell you, I mean, those of you that are listening to this live or you're catching on the replay, you hear her talk about LinkedIn. I mean, LinkedIn is no joke. I mean, you really can leverage it, should leverage it. And it can be a powerful tool. I've seen it work in both my professional life, so my career, as well as my business, the T, the extra effort, being brown at work, I'm telling you, the traffic that I've garnered because what Claudio is sharing, because I focused on my profile, my presence, my engagement, and so forth. Powerful tool, powerful mm-hmm. tool. So please, if you're taking notes, that's definitely one thing you want to do. And if you need help with your LinkedIn profile, Claudia, definitely reach out to her. She can hook you up and help you. So, okay, so we, we got a saturated market. You know, you talked about the networking piece. Is this for the group of individuals that might be still on the search? What else would you share for that group of individuals? Yes, okay, Claudia, I'm gonna get my LinkedIn profile up to date. All right, I'm gonna start reaching out and connecting and staying engaged. Is there anything else that you can... Share with that that group of people and what they should be doing right now.
1: Yeah, start focusing on high value skills. So Mm. right now, the market change, especially with ChatGPT and AI, things are shifting. There's even predictions that some (sighs) roles will already be obsolete in the next few years, or there will be less of. So, for example, when it comes to copywriting and even social media management or content creation, I personally use it a lot for my business. Whereas, you know, maybe. Companies needed 10 people to create this. Now, maybe they'll need three because everything speed up because of ChatGPT and AI. Now, I'm not saying yeah. it's going to be over, but they're going to need less people. So, if you're in those industries already, either arm yourself to understand prompt engineering or different types of skills, or understanding AI and um, machine learning. So, that way, with social media marketing, now it's that beautiful marriage where it's hard to find those skill sets when it's someone marketing but because you've been working on this and we can see mm-hmm. already the writing on the wall now you've kind of created yourself as a subject matter expert because there's very few people that actually have those type of skill sets in those roles so i would definitely look at you know when it comes to even in technologies i mean cybersecurity looking at other things is how can i focus on high value skills that are going to help me in my career and help me advance forward In spite of what's happening in the marketplace, because right now I bet you, especially with AI happening, there's a lot of jobs hiring for anyone with AI background, machine learning background, data scientists in the masses. So like I said, there's always an industry, there's always opportunities out there, whether it's a recession or not, there are always companies hiring, but what kind of roles are they hiring for? And yes. really focusing on those high-value skill sets, you've also created yourself as an expert or a sought-after expert. And now that's how you command higher salaries as well. Ah, love it,
0: love it, love it, love it. So in, get if you've got to get into a class, you'd say, or certification or you know whatever it is, however you gain that additional skill set and that knowledge, bridge that gap. And, and, I mean that's extremely valuable information. The world is ever moving and changing, and we we we're, we're definitely going there. And it, this is not going to stop with AI or chat. It's, it's gonna, there's going to be yet something else for sure. So wonderful, wonderful, wonderful advice, Claudio. So now let's shift a little bit. So we've talked about that group that you know out there searching. They've been grinding and doesn't they don't seem to be moving the needle. You've given them some wonderful gems those of us that are in in the seats in the role we've been killing it and you know we we want to you know ask for that more than 2% that more than 3% or we actually you know believe we're ready for the next level you know that promotion but we're a little bit cautious we're like mm, don't know should i even have the conversation is this the right time market shifting blah 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 all the stuff that's going on right What would you say to that group of individuals? Give them some nuggets on how they can approach it. First of all, should they even?
1: Should they even? Definitely have those conversations, but you need to be prepared for it. You can't just have a conversation out of the whim. It needs, then preparation needs to happen. Whether it's creating your achievement portfolio of what have you been contributing to the organization this past 12 months? So we need metrics, what kind of projects, how long was the timeline, what was the impact of it, what was the increased productivity, did it increase savings, did it increase revenue, did we need to create a new um, revenue generating service, like what is the end point, and really documenting that and being able to communicate that. Yeah. Now, because a lot of companies are doing layoffs or restructures, and even since you know 2020 and up until now, I know a lot of my clients that maybe they started with a team of 10, then went down to a team of six, and now they had layoffs. So and now they're down to a team of four, yet they're still asked of them to still produce. It is usually not at the same level as you should, always, more every single year, of course. <laughs> yes, yes, with less people. So at this yep. point, you've a lot of people, and some a lot of your listeners are already doing the job of two to three people, especially right. if you had multiple loans or layoffs in your company, and you're like the last one standing still. So they call this, now it's like quiet hiring, meaning you've been hired for other roles, but not compensated Mm. for it. I call it exploitation because you're doing more role. Because if this were a business and I'm working with a client and they're increasing their scope of work, what would I say? By the way, this is not part of the scope of work, but I'd be more than happy to discuss that and give you an additional bill or invoice for this additional work that you're requesting. Yeah. yeah. something when it comes to your career. So, how do you have these conversations? Prep, follow along with those metrics, look at the impact and magnitude you're offering to the company. Then, have a conversation on how can we, you know, let's just say, Linda, you're my manager. Linda, and this by email, you know, I wanted to have a discussion. Um, I understand that, you know, there's some roles and responsibilities that need to be divided within the team, and I would like to discuss in a compensation adjustment as well as a title adjustment based on the new responsibilities. Mm. And if you have your old job description, even better, and usually it should be next to the offer letter because then you can see the scope of work, which is your jobs and responsibilities. Yep. And because your roles and responsibilities have grown, if you can find a a role that's closer to those roles and responsibilities within your company even better. For example, let's just say you are a software engineering manager, but now your role is more close in line to director of software engineering. Well, I will pull up a director of software engineering posting and then say, hey, actually, I'm already doing a lot of these huh? things So when I go into the meeting, I can say, you know, based on the roles and responsibilities now, since it has grown during these past few years, it is more aligned closely to a director of software engineering. And I wanted to see if we can discuss an adjustment in compensation and job title. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. doesn't become I need a promotion? You've already been doing the role.
0: You've been doing the work.
1: You just haven't been paid for it, and you haven't had the title. So it's all about adjusting it and kind of creating that business case. And it's even easier to say, like. And by the way, here's everything that I've been able to produce and bring value yes. to the organization. Yes. And that's a different conversation to have. And if they were to say, I mean, the potential, there's always the possibility they might say, no, we can't, even though they're announcing record high profits, that specific fiscal year quarter. Yeah. Then you can ask the question, you know, well, can you help me prioritize some of the work? Because. The point is not to continue doing more work. And I see more women doing this where when they leave, the company has to hire two to three people to fill that one role that that client was doing. So, and sometimes companies do this on purpose because they'll say, hey, we're going to give this team more responsibility. And when they are ready to tap out, they'll let us know. And now we can build a case on why we need to hire more people. But what tends to happen is, especially as women and women of color, we don't tap out. We We don't
0: tap out. We work harder
1: We give oh up our God. personal
0: yes. our mental health.
1: So yes. instead, and in, if they're not willing to give you that salary cruise, we can say, you know, have this conversation with your manager and ask, well, how can you help me prioritize my work? Because I want to make sure that the value and the quality of my work does not um, is not being affected. So can you tell me a little bit more of like well, how would you like to prioritize this? Because yes. what you really saying is I'm not gonna do everything and not get paid for it if you're not gonna right. pay me or give me the title then let me know what you want to focus on because I am not going to be working more than I have to. and I'm not going to risk my mental health. That's what oh we're really saying.
0: And Claudia, that, I'm so glad you brought that up because as women of color, we do not. Uh, you're right. We never tap out. We just put that head down and we just grind. And then we end up experiencing the, the, the gross negative impact from that across our mental health, our physical health, Everything. I mean, every aspect of our lives, this, you know, it ends up potentially affecting family, relationships, marriages, whatever. I mean, it, it, it can have such a gross effect on ourselves because of some of that things we were ingrained in. It was taught to me to work hard. I mean, I constantly heard that growing up. And, and we, we know we have to
1: prove ourselves and work harder than yes. everyone else, to just be considered.
0: Just good to enough. be considered, exactly good enough. You absolutely said it. And what I love about what you just offered, though, and the approach that you recommended, is that it, it 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 exactly speaks to the language that they that they right that senior leaders, people opposite of women of color that normally are sitting in those decision seats understand. They understand business case. They understand metrics. Those two keys, you hit those 100%. It's a bit difficult to say no. Now, to your point, they still can say no. Still can. It's quite challenging to do so, though. But then I love that backup plan you gave. It's like, okay, then, let's talk priority. That I loved because I, frankly, have never seen that happen your girl has never used it. Wish <laughs> I had that nugget in my earlier years, because I truly would have said, okay, understand, let's talk priorities.
1: And yeah. then they
0: probably would look a little puzzled, you know, what, what What do you mean? And then you explain it. Love that, Claudia. Anything else you want to offer around? Oh, this is just powerful. Love this information.
1: Yeah. It almost reminds me of like, um, this like the saying that you like to say in the office, like your lack of planning is not is yeah. not my urgency or my emergency. Right. So I'm, thinking, I'm not gonna risk my mental health and my outside life and have my loved ones pay for it because you as a company either didn't hire appropriately or you don't find that as as important. Therefore, why yes. should I? Yes. And really understand that I've heard this from multiple hiring managers and HR people where they tell me. We cannot make a case for hiring because the work still gets done, and no one complains about it. So how can we build the wow. case? Now we can say, well, well, maybe we don't need to hire. Maybe we did have a lot of fat in the organization. Yeah. So now we're just more pro- we're more productive and more lean. But when I talk to my clients, they're like, we're not lean. We're understaffed, and I'm working my butt off, and I'm working yeah. so many hours, and I just want to leave the company. So making sure that we communicate that and set those boundaries also allows our manager or HR person to build a case on hiring for people because sometimes they need that data, but if we're not giving it to them, they're going to assume that we're doing great and that maybe we should be like this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It's very powerful to support the business case they need for more resources because I mean, I know in my career, I can remember sitting in meetings when we're talking about you know, resource and we're doing a review review of the headcount and, you know, projects or whatever. I distinctly remember hearing, oh, well, that's getting done. What they're asking for additional people. Why? Mm -hmm. I don't see a need for it or some, you know, over here, they have proven their case and it's, oh yeah, you need three people. Okay. Got it. You know, but those are, you guys are asking for six people. I don't get it all the work's being done. I don't see any projects that are late. I don't, we're not read in any other, we're hitting it on time. No No one's leaving. Nope. That's another thing. Nobody's leaving. You know, I was in here late a few days and I saw your team working. They seem to be enjoying themselves, getting along. I heard some, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they're like six, seven, eight o'clock. And they're all jobs. (laughs) are. Most likely. Yes, 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 yes. But your point is extremely valid. And I and I wanted to reiterate because I've been in those discussions when we when the decision was not to open any recs or not to approve recs because there didn't seem to be the need because it was not proven. The business case wasn't wasn't um, provided because, to your point, people were silent, didn't say anything, didn't push the envelope, worked hard or they left. Yeah. So, and, would, and then when they leave, the exit interview takes place, right? Nothing is said about, sometimes people don't share, you know, they just leave. And then, you know, we're back in that si- that circle, that's, that cycle again.
1: And I would say, and you've probably seen this, Linda, where like the people pleaser or the person that always says, yes, oh. is not the one that gets promoted or gets into those senior leadership roles. And actually more than likely, for sure, that person's not going to go into senior leadership role. For sure. Not going to happen. <laughs>
0: Guarantee you the people pleasers don't make those senior leadership positions mm-hmm. for sure. No, I I, I agree. Happens out all the time. And then they're wondering, wait, hey, what? You know, I did everything you asked. Yeah. Exactly. So we're gonna keep you right there in that role so you can keep doing. It. <laughs> That's
1: exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I would say that, let's just say that I did say, no, we can't give you that salary increase. Well, definitely I would what I would do, and I'm like, well. Well, let me start networking. Let me start updating my resume. Mm-hmm. Maybe updating my LinkedIn. And there's ways to update your LinkedIn without announcing to your whole network. Yeah. Pretty much that like, you're job searching. I will start getting all those things in place. If I need to start learning a new skill set maybe even finding some areas in my role where I can increase or have a really great achievement. So we know we are overworked. So is there a process improvement that I can do? Can I increase productivity? Can I standardize something? So that way, not only do I have that again during my performance reviews and I can bring that conversation again. But also I can add this in my resume, in my LinkedIn profile. I could talk about it during my interviewing skills when we were down. Here's what I did and increased productivity and start networking. So again, you can start securing some of those job positions that, you know, may not be open right now, but later, mm-hmm. or to start applying to jobs. Because again, there's always going to be companies and industries that are going to be hired. There's companies and businesses that thrive during COVID, during the lockdown, Instacart, yes. I mean, gym equipment, yeah. you could not get gym. There was a year wait time just to get some weights and people were going crazy over it. Crazy, yep, so you're right. You're there's right. always businesses that thrive no matter what is happening in the world. So it's about you making the most of opportunities and saying, if this is not working, what is working and how can I get a piece of it or how can I be a part of it? Yes,
0: and that's the key, Claudia, is it's getting ourselves out of that narrow you know, thought process. Oh, I've always been in quality in the automotive industry, so the only jobs I can apply for have to be within quality within the automotive industry. Mm-hmm. When I could look at my skill set and say, "Oh man, I'm a problem solver. I'm this. I'm great customer facing. i different aspects from all that time I spent in quality and automotive that I could probably move into medical. medical. Yeah. Yeah. I could move in various different industries. I love what you just said, because find out what is working, what is hot, what could be recession proof, right? What's not so cyclical, right? And then tap that. We don't tend to do that. We tend to get in our, and I think a lot of it is comfort zone, you know, oh, hey, I've been in this for me, thorough 30, thirty-eight. For oh my gosh, I can't go anywhere else. Yeah, you can. <laughs> yes, you can, and it's a beautiful thing. I've done a little stepped out of the auto industry. It was I just exhaled. It was just so nice for that period of time. So I love I love your recommendation. So as we start to wrap this, Claudia, because everyone you're listening to this, you're probably thinking, okay, these are great, great. This is great information. You definitely want to join us in a couple of weeks because Claudia on March 21st is going to share what not to do. So it's so important to know what to do. Open your mind, shift to look. as she just said what's not been working, what can work, all the other nuggets that she gave, networking, everything else that she gave, and there are some things you want to make sure you avoid. So make sure you join us on the 21st of March for that discussion. Is there anything you want to just uh, share with the audience as we close this, Claudio, to make sure they kind of, you know, just kind of wrap it up for us on this what to do if you're looking
1: for a job or a salary increase? I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. Um, so I definitely recommend for making sure you start auditing your mindset, make sure you have a growth mindset mm-hmm. versus a fixed mindset, and especially with everything happening right now. All we see, I feel like it's negative on LinkedIn either. I got laid off. I'm job searching. I've been job searching for over a year. The news, another company doing layoffs, we hear it in the news. Yeah. So it's easy for us to say, Oh my God, no one's hiring right now, or I'll never get hired. or I'll never get ahead. Or I'm going to be stuck in this job forever. But that's a fixed mindset, and when you create a fixed mm. mindset, you tend to not do action because why am I going to well, you know? Why am I going to bother applying jobs when no one's hiring? Whereas if you change it to a growth mindset, we can say no one is hiring in maybe in these specific industries or mm-hmm. these companies, but these other companies are hiring, so I'm going to focus my attention to that one. Or I'm not good at resume writing and inter- I'm ho- I'm a horrible interviewer. I tend to ramble a lot a growth mindset would change that too. I know I'm not good at interviewing and writing my resume. So let me work with a professional to help me through these times and also help me get that competitive edge. So yes. really making sure that you're continuously working on that mindset and making sure who you're talking to about this. If it's that, the that person that's always negative and it's like, Oh, why are you even bothering job searching? Just don't talk to that person about that specific topic. Right. Because that's really going to make a difference. And that's why I feel like a lot of my clients really get great results because they have a growth mindset. And mm. if they're not confident, we build that confidence, but they know that anything in life can be learned. There's always going to be opportunities. We just need to look for them. And it Love might look it. different than what it yes. did like yesterday. And like I mentioned, there's always companies that are hiring. It's just, how can you stand out for of the competition and yes. you don't have to be the best. You just have to sell yourself the best. Oh because my God. There's a lot of, Ph people with PhDs, master's degrees, bachelor's degrees that are struggling to get a job. Yeah. Yet some with like, you know, C students, they always say, and we're, we end up working for the C students. It's out there. So you don't have to be the most educated. You don't need another certification. You don't need another, uh, you don't need a master's degree or MBA. You just need to sell yourself the best. Yes. Love that. That's the
0: perfect way to end part one. Perfect way. Claudia, thank you again. This was phenomenal. I knew it would be. Can't wait for part two. So we can talk about the pitfalls to avoid. Hey, if any of you are if you're joining us live here, or if you're catching on the replay, and some of the things that Claudia mentioned, you still aren't quite sure about, reach out to her directly connect with her. I'm telling you she has Move the needle, helped numerous clients move the needle. She'd be happy to engage with you and, and clear up any ambiguity or bridge any gaps. Uh, or, hey, put it in the comments, DM, DM me, DM her, send us some questions. We would love to, to help you out. This has been phenomenal. And until next time, you guys take care. Remember part two, March 21st, you want to be here. Take care. If you found this podcast empowering and are ready to master the skill that can take you anywhere, get my free guide, Workplace Confidence, in the resources section of this episode.